Coming to you live from the Cross Country Mortgage Campus in Berea, Ohio, this is Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Here are your hosts, Bo Bishop and Nathan Zagura. <laughs> Let's do it live on a first Friday edition of the program. All right, did you get it sorted out? You better? No. Your connection better? No. Your mic's on, so that's so we have that, which is good. Can you hear me? All I hear is like static electricity. Static like electricity. Not great. You want to try this one? Here, just go with that. I'm fine. This is good. This will work. This will win. <laughs> it's been a week, brother. Yeah. Did you, sure have, you have a fresh dome? Usually you yeah. fresh dome it on Monday. Yeah, I did it. I did it uh, yesterday after uh, our great trip down to university hospitals. And so yeah. Got myself ready because I like to have it a couple days of growth before I'm on the camera. So you know, Thursday we tape a little bit for Sunday, and then Sunday we'll be ready to go. So. This is different from your normal pattern. The, the pattern was always Sunday or Monday morning, right? That was Where more in the hit, preseason, though. You'd hit this and this. Yeah, this is all done all together. That's yeah, right. Yeah, I knew it was a one-time shot. You yeah. want to do it once? Yeah. I feel like Tuesday okay. feels like a good day. Do we have Stefanski? Okay. Well, I guess Stefanski's at the podium. Oh, fantastic! There you go. AFC opponent. Uh, both teams two and two uh, understand what's at stake, and I think the guys are uh, really understanding who this team is that we're facing. Because week in and week out, it changes. The personnel changes, the scheme change uh, changes week to week. So, really diving in right now on this Chargers team. They're well coached. Uh, very similar. We're similar. They're similar. Obviously, to last year, there's some new faces in there on both sides. Uh, so you do have the tape from last season when we played them early. Uh, a lot of games in between for both sides to look at as well. I think what you start with, uh, with their defense, uh, some really good players, uh, number one. Uh, Khalil Mack, who uh, I've gone against quite a bit when I was at the Vikings and he was in Chicago. Uh, very, very powerful football player. We played against him last season when he was here uh, with the Bears. Uh, in the back end, just Derwin James uh, can show up anywhere. Can be the post safety, can be a half field safety, can play linebacker, can play nickel. Uh, you really have to know where he is. And then uh, he's just an active football player. I think he had 16 tackles versus us uh, last season. So really good football player. Uh, multiple fronts, multiple coverages, uh, impressive group. Uh, defense, uh, excuse me, offensively, uh, number one pass offense. So that gets your attention right away. Uh, very good quarterback, as we all know. Good young quarterback. Uh, accurate, strong arm, makes great decisions. Athletic, still moving around uh, really well. Uh, despite the, the injury, but you really don't see that uh, affecting his play. Um, weapons on the perimeter, a really good running back who can hurt you in a bunch of different ways, a good tight end, you know. Uh, so it's an impressive group across the board, sound special team. So uh, really getting to know this team right now, diving in, understanding uh, some of the adjustments that we're going to make on, on offense, defense, special teams uh, in, in this game, Put, putting together a plan so guys can go play fast on Sunday. And with that, I'll take any questions. Miles will go today. Be... Yeah, I mean, he'll be out there. We'll see how it goes, but he'll, he'll be out there. Kevin, the, uh, the, your defense has been pretty good through the first three quarters of games this year. In the fourth quarter, it's the worst in the NFL by a bunch of different metrics. What do you make of that? What's happening there? Yeah, obviously, you're trying to play four quarters of, of football, offense, defense, special teams. And uh, unfortunately, we've had some. Uh, issues in the fourth quarter that have led to points and think back to week one think back to week two 
where we uh, unfortunately gave up big plays uh, that really can't happen and shouldn't happen. I think we've gone a long way in, in working on those type of things. So uh, I think we just got to continue to play sound football, get lined up, number one, um, and, and play the defense that's executed. What happened to the, the, the run defense in, in the second half in Atlanta? Yeah, I thought, you know, prior to that long drive, it was um, – keeping them in check and, and you know I want to give them credit obviously that's a good run offense so uh, prior to that doing a nice job that they they got theirs which is going to happen but it's always a combination of things it's always uh, one guy here one guy there we could always you know you always question could I have put them in a better position on the play call all those things so it's there's not one answer to that Yeah, you know, good to have Miles uh, just even in the walkthrough, Mary Kay, just uh, having his presence and having him in the meetings. And, uh, you know, he's a, he's a big part of what we do. Uh, so good to have him back out there. And then I haven't seen him practice yet. Uh, he's worked out, uh, obviously, off to the side. So I get to watch him practice today and then get a good feel for where he is. Do you think Coddington practice this week? I, I hope so. Greedy uh, Williams, we see he's coming back. Do you think he could play on, on Sunday? Yeah, I think this is kind of the first step, Jeff, and getting him out there to practice. And then he's doing great. He's been doing a great job off to the side in his rehab. So get him into practice, get him some plays here, and see how he responds. Sorry to go back to Jay talking about the fourth quarter. Could it be that you had some guys out there that aren't used to playing 30, 40, 50 snaps on that D line? They're, you know, yeah. not a condition. Play a lot of reps. Yeah, there. I mean, yes, obviously, when, when a team goes. On a long drive, you know, you're tired on defense, they're tired on offense. So it, uh, it's, it's one of those things we understood that guys were going to have to step up and play a little bit more than they're used to. Um, but that's just part of the game. Back to Herbert, do you see a big change from him last year to this year just as he evolves? Uh, I think he's, a, he's evolving. He's getting better. I mean, I think young players just get better with more and more reps. Uh, I see a, a young man who sees it very clearly, uh, big, uh, can see it from the pocket and just can drive every throw, can, can throw with anticipation and, and touch. Uh, they, they do a really nice job schematically in, in getting the ball out of his hands. He doesn't take sacks. Uh, and then moving him on the pocket, max protecting, takes some shots to some, you know, Mike Williams, as, as we know, is a, a very, very good wide receiver. And across the board, Keenan Allen, uh, you know, the tight end. It's, it's a really impressive group. Great downs that have happened in the fourth quarter. Do you think focus has anything to do with it being able to maintain the necessary focus for all four quarters? I mean, it's definitely an important part of this game is playing 60 minutes. I think that's uh, that's probably goes without saying. I think for us, what we try to do always is uh, letting our team know that you have to lock in for 60 minutes. It's a it's a prerequisite when you're playing NFL football because you just don't know when that play that's uh, you know, going to turn the tide is going to occur. So locking in for 60 minutes is always going to be a, an important part of this game. When we talked to you on Monday, you said that the breakdown on that long pass was a technique error. Um, and we've heard about communication in the mm -hmm. first two games. So which of those is one of those easier uh, to correct than the other? Yeah. I would tell you, Jeff, obviously when you're playing good defense, everybody's on the same page. So that's number one. And then with technique, uh, you know, in the run defense, if you don't get, if you're out of your gap, the ball can get in that gap and you got to tackle them for maybe a five-yard gain, 10-yard gain, what it might be. 
same thing pass defense when you're out of your position so to speak which happens if it's a uh, if the game happens fast if you're out of position those big passes can turn into big plays and that's kind of what we saw there last week is there certain benchmarks you're looking at for both miles and davian and what they you know as they progress through this week for them to be able to play yeah i think they're both on two different um progressions and and we'll treat them as such uh see how Miles looks today, and then obviously just kind of wait and see with Jadavion. Um, do you see him trying to take on a bigger role with Bosa not being in there? It looked like he had a big game. I don't know that he's taken on a bigger role. He's, he's a great player. Uh, you know, he's, uh, he's very, very powerful, has unbelievable bend, plays hard, uh, can, very, very good at rushing the passer, as we all know, has multiple moves in the run game, can – can win at the point of attack, can win as a chase player. Uh, so he's a big part of their defense, Scott, but he, he always he was from day one when he got there. Obviously, I know Joey Bosa uh, is is out on IR, but uh, Khalil Mack's a, a great player. Chris Jones was talking about how the defense needs more of a killer mentality in the fourth quarter. Does that just have to come from the players? Is there virtually nothing the coaching staff can do? Yeah, I mean, I, I think, Marla, you know, with – it just goes back to playing a 60-minute game. You do have to lock in for those 60 minutes. So uh, whether you call it a killer mentality or a finishing mentality or whatever it is, uh, I think it's important that offense, defense, and special teams has that mentality because that's what's required in the NFL. We, we all have seen uh, examples in our season and multiple people's seasons where you got to play a 60-minute game. Fact that with Justin Herbert, like he he recognizes those mistakes so quickly that you can get torched for a big play if there's a breakdown in the secondary. I guess do you feel like those these guys are more locked in and, and aware of that, and especially considering you did play him last year. Well, yeah, without a doubt, I, I think part of when you're playing this team, the Chargers, they, they go fast and then they go fast to get lined up, and then they have multiple shifts in motion. So getting aligned is really important and you know it's doubly important when you're at home in our building which is really really loud when we're on defense so all that nonverbal communication at home is really important even some of miles in the game and maybe even some of Jadavian uh, if they could only play a certain percentage of the snaps would be a lot better than nothing <laughs> I think that's fair to say yes <laughs> mean to the run defense I mean, the, the way they set the edge, just as you said before, their presence out there alone. Yeah, I think it kind of goes back to what we're talking about with Khalil Mack. When you have, I think every coach wants great players out there, and, and you know, you're always asking the general manager, hey, give me more great players, makes you a better coach. But uh, with those two players in particular, they're, they're both r really physical football players. And I think it shows up in the run and in the pass. Uh, I think. You know, when you're playing run defense and you're knocking people back and you're setting the edge, and, and sometimes you're setting the edge so that someone else can make the play. So uh, I think both of those guys are adept at that. All right, Coach Stefanski at the podium there as we uh, kick off the show on a first Friday. Bernie's going to join us in the 2 o'clock hour. Yeah. Right 2 o'clock, you have that to look forward to, which is nice. It's glorious. Oh, sure, sure, sure. We have some, uh, some roster news we'll get to as well here on the program. As we go along, we'll turn the page on to the Chargers this week. We will meet the Chargers, do a little better or worse. Poizel in studio with us for that. You have that to look forward to, which is very nice. How you doing here on this first Friday? It's 70 degrees and sunny out there. It's beautiful. I wish we were uh, outdoors chasing the small ball around, to be honest with you. That'd be, There's a window. That would be good. There's a window, like three, a three, 322 tee time. 
Well, where I'd you have could, to, you'd have, have to, to really zip it. Three twenty-two. Three twenty-two. Maybe a three thirty. Maybe three thirty. A three fifty. Three fifty. Three four. It takes about it takes about forty minutes to get to Walden from here. All right. All right. Yeah, I, you can feel it. I told the. Uh, I just texted uh, the blonde. I said, "Let's get the kids in the pool. This is it. Yes. Today, tomorrow. Enjoy I think it. this could be the end of it. Yeah. I'm waiting until November to close up shop. I think that's smart. I think that's fair. Yeah. Y you're hoping. Just want to see what we're looking at here over the next few days. It's about to oh drop to gosh. the 50s. 50s lows in the 40s on Friday and Saturday. That's a brutal spot. That's a brutal spot, Coach. Now, there's a 70 out there somewhere next week sometime, but these are going to be the two best probably. If it's rainy and cold Friday night, that is brutal. If that's high, that's high school football Friday night. Is that what it's supposed one. to be? Yeah, we're, we're rain and we're 50. That ain't going to get it done, brother. All right, we'll have some fun here on the program today on your uh, your first Friday Miracle Edition. Uh, some thoughts on, on what Coach Stefanski had to say. Also take a look at some of the roster developments that are happening here, including uh, the return of Greedy Williams. So you yeah. have to look forward to which is nice. You're listening to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Well, there's a new way to cheer on your Cleveland Browns with the help of your favorite four-legged companion, Barking Backers, presented by Milk Bones, the Browns' newest club for pet parents worldwide. Sign up today, BarkingBackers.com, Barking Backers, the fan club for dogs. A couple of roster developments here. Uh, we have designated Greedy Williams from returned to the from the injured list. Additionally, the team signed Richard LeCount to the practice squad. Uh, Greedy, of course, we know him very, very well. The issue with him, it's not, it's not production; it's just health, and he just hasn't spent much of his career as healthy as he as he ought to be. But this will give a nice boost. He's a hell of a player when he's in good spot, no doubt. And he's a guy that comes back now. Your corner room, you feel really good about the top five corners in that room. Uh, you're down, obviously, Rich LeCount, and I think that it's nice for Rich that he gets the opportunity to come back here, but he's got to really lock in if he wants to make something of his career here in the National Football League. Yeah. But getting Greedy back in a contract year, you know, you drafted MJ Emerson probably as a succession plan. He's been great. Uh, we'll see where Greedy fits in, but it's nice to know that we're going into this game with the Chargers this year in a completely different position than we did a year ago where we were basically like we almost pulled you out of the stands to go play corner in that I'm game against the Chargers. Yeah, which would have been tough but a bit tough scene for Would you against been. mike williams but i don't have the quickness i used to have it's just good depth to have and greedy williams is obviously a very very good football player last year 10 pass breakups he actually was our highest graded corner at pro football focus lowest rating targeted of our top three guys last year so he was a top 30 graded quarterback all three of our guys last year were top 30 uh, so getting him back is good and, and you know he's got size he's got length he's got speed he's somebody that matches up with like, mike williams for example very yeah. well uh, this week but we'll see what the plans are how he's integrated because right now you know our corners are pretty good yeah they they sure are and and just from that standpoint we ought to come in on that side of the ball ready to go yeah uh, feels like you know if you read between the lines on what coach had to say there in the presser miles feels like that's a go Clowney could be a go so you you could and you'll need it because this is far and away we'll meet him in a second this is far and away the most talented team we've played it's one of the three most talented teams in the nfl i know they're down joey bosa um, and, and he's done for a while. But you look at their roster, you look at their offensive skill talent, it's stunning. This is the number one passing offense in the NFL. They're number one in yards after the catch in the NFL. They hit you with more big plays than anybody in the NFL. I mean, this is an elite offense of great consequence. So one thing they don't do is run the football. They 
really don't even seem to care about running the football. It's not doesn't even appear really right now to be on their radar. But they are throwing for over 300 yards per game. They are dead last in the NFL in rushing. They are number one in passing. So, yeah. but Austin Eckler has is a very formidable receiving back. I think he's third in the NFL in receptions right now. Uh, and he's a guy that they throw it to a lot. He's got 235 yards after the catch just as a receiver in four games. He's a running back. Yeah. Yeah, it's wild. Yeah. They're 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 a fun team. They are um, super fun. When you when you see them come in and you, they are one of the reasons that you do the Deshaun Watson deal because you there's a a path to beating a team like that and you have to have the weaponry to do it. Yep. Otherwise you're going into it's a knife to a gunfight situation. Yep. And so uh, that's why the Watson deal happens. That's that's why you're in the position that you're in because there are these guys in the AFC that are just supreme, and this kid Herbert is one of them. I I had, would never have thought that he would be this good this quick. Oh, you and who would have though? Modes. Modes. That's nailed right. it. Modes nailed that one. Yeah, he was the AP Offensive Rookie of the Year. He has been just so good this year already. 1,250 yards passing, 312.5 a game. He's got nine touchdowns, two picks, quarterback rating of 102.2. Now, they are 2-0 and in the games he did not throw a pick. They are 0-2 in the games that he has thrown a pick. But this is a guy who's coming off his best game of the year. Remember, he's doing this with fractured rib cartilage, which was suffered week two against Kansas City. Uh, last week, though, 70% completions, 340 yards, two picks, uh, two touchdowns, no picks in the win over Houston. He's really, really good. And by the way, he's putting up those numbers without Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen played part of week one, had four right. catches, went out with an injury, has not returned. And Keenan Allen, you know, since he's been a player of consequence, 2017, he's made five straight Pro Bowls. He's second in the NFL in catches only to Devontae Adams. He's number one in the NFL in third down receptions and third down receptions that become first downs. He's a stud, and they have not had him. So the fact that he is doing this, is the way that he is is incredible and banged up. Yeah, you know, he's out his left tackle too, but he doesn't get sacked. They've only given up no, four sacks this out. year, fewest in the league. No, he's he's something really special. Uh, we'll meet them in a second. I want to go over a couple of things with you from sp the sports world last night. Okay. Um, when did you become aware of the judge thing, and what is your give a damn level on that? Uh, I was aware there was like a thousand push notifications, like it was the biggest thing ever. Like I don't get it. It's a Yankee record. So, that's my point. So it's not not McGuire, it's not Bonds, it's not Sosa. No, I know. <laughs> so I think it was. It's the most in the American League ever. Okay, what but they, they don't do. even play American League only schedule anymore. Yeah, what it's balanced. Do. So what do you what, what do you care? What different? Why is it? Why are we even differentiating? Because he's a Yankee. What he's doing is incredible, right? He's going to win not a triple minimizing crown. I'm just that, saying, no. like I've seen a lot of people say, including I think Tom Berducci wrote about this this morning, which shocked me that this is the you know it's the, the worthy, real. the real home run. Oh, give me a break, man. The pitchers were juicing too. They were throwing faster. They were like they were doing more stuff that made it even harder to hit them. Nobody talks about the ball either. You got to remember, Major League Baseball in the late '90s is coming out of a season in 2000 in 1994 where they locked out the players and did not play the World Series. Yeah, there was a lot of damage coming out of that. Yeah, and '98 went a long way in bringing it back that summer, and everybody was in on it. We were all in on it as fans. Media was in on it, covering it. There are people who are critical of that era now who wrote glowing books about the era in the time. Um, the commissioners, all every everyone was in on the game. It was all part of it. And to, I love that point you just made of the pitchers were on it too. Like. Of course they were. Dude, the ball was probably a little hopped up. Like a lot of these things happen. Still, you've got to hit a pitched ball. I like, agree. Which is yeah. not easy. Yeah. 
Yeah, the no. I mean, I saw Ravel tweeted this morning that the balls were two million. I'm like, I don't understand that. Why wouldn't the ball the last if I would think if any ball is worth two million, it's the last home run he hits of the year. Ravel says no. That is not true. I would. I'm with you. But it so depends then, what you're you. saying is, is that in the McGuire? All right, let's use McGuire as the example because this is the one we all lived through, or most of us did. It's, I can't believe it's been that long ago now. But you're telling me that the 62 ball for McGuire is worth more than the 70? No, because he ended up. That ended up being the record. Like this. This, I think will this will end up being the record. It will be what? the American League record. Yeah, but so what? No, it's I agree. But so what's his point? The Maris, the Yankee one. It's the one that broke. I think that. that's nonsense. I agree with you. The only thing I was interested in is the one guy who was like, you know what? I'm just jumping down in the bullpen hoping this ball ends up on the ground. That was my favorite part of the whole thing. That's pretty good. That's and good then the strategy. guy, like, the one guy caught it, and they're, like, whisking him away with security. Like, he's like, I mean, if it's worth $2 million, I, I guess, guess so. so. Yeah. Yeah, I was I was floored by that. Supposedly that guy worked for, like, a, works for, like, some huge hedge fund. Of course. Would be nice if he could have. To me, I think the last one he hits, the one that's going to matter the most. Yeah. Uh, we do have, t uh, speaking of baseball, we do have uh, pitch times for the uh, the Guardies okay. in the AL Wild Card Series. So game one will be a nooner. I can't believe we got a nooner here Friday. Um, game two Saturday would be a nooner as well. And then Sunday, if necessary, would be 407. So the uh, the Guardies being done a little wrong there with a noon start on a Friday. You're not That's not great. People knew that was coming, though. I wonder why. I don't know. I guess the television windows, I suppose. Is the reason to me like if you play 162 games and you make the wild card, play it at night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like play play them at seven o'clock. They've all season it's been that way. Yeah. Other than the weekends to randomly play a Friday game at 12:07 seems absolutely ridiculous. The other thing I wanted to because uh, it, it went viral last night a little bit the way that the uh, judge thing did uh, got the boys to bed was uh, seeing what I missed over the course of football practice and dinner and getting them to bed. Did I miss anything? Which is probably more of a me problem than anything else. And I see all of this about this Wembenyama. So you know who this kid is? All right. Victor Wembenyama is the okay. presumptive number one pick in next year's NBA draft. Okay. Yeah, and he said some other guy would be the first pick if he did, wasn't born. Correct. Yeah, that's a good line. So he's the reason that – you remember Windhorst, what's going on in Utah? Yeah. That's – this kid's the reason. Gotcha. The reason that the Spurs traded Deontay Murray, all of this, those teams are positioning themselves to draft this dude – Number one overall, this French kid, Victor Wembenyama, which is a great name. Okay. So I'm like, well, he must be a unicorn in order for there to be this much attention on a kid who's 17, 18 years old. So um, apparently last night he played the G League Unite. Unite. Okay. There's a kid on the other team who's going to go second, the Scoot Henderson or something like that. That's not the point of the story. Okay. I find it. I turn it on. Wembenyama okay. is seven foot five. Okay. And he's a guard. Okay. But is he fast? Doesn't need to be. You can take four steps. He takes one. He hits seven threes. Okay. So it's like if Durant were six inches taller. So is he like what Porzingis is supposed to be? Uh, he looks – his body type – so this would be the red flag for me because seven five. there's not a whole lot of list of those guys who remain healthy historically yeah going all the way back to samson sure, samson sure. back in the 80s oh, it's just man. really really hard twin towers twin towers absolutely um he's seven five and he shoots it from 25 feet <laughs> he looks like he's not of this planet that's crazy yeah he's, he looks like he's like the I same saw height the picture as of Yao him. ming yeah playing guard except he plays guard 
It's crazy. So do you think – who's he going to guard? That's my question. Just kind of stand, I think. He can, I mean, so he closed out on like a three. Yeah, block it with and he's elbow. so tall that he could – that he gets out there. Yeah, it's fascinating. And I – you know, I'm always – you always think back to just – it's really just so hard for those guys ultra tall to stay healthy. But it also reminded me of how old we are because we're of an age that if you're ever tall, go on the block, do a power dribble, and do post moves. Yeah. We used to do that in practice. Remember, like, the bigs would have to go and do post moves while we yeah. did all the fun stuff? We all the fun, yeah. And they were down there. Drop step. Yeah, doing all that fake. stuff. Yeah. Doing all that. Now, th- these kids don't do that. Everything's face up. So they don't, they're not, they don't do. They Sigma. That was yeah. That was called the Sigma. Sigma drill. Yeah, Sigma. Loved a good Sigma drill. Yeah. Reverse yeah. pivot, face up, and then. And away you go. Away you go. Rumkey Waste Recycling family owned and operated where they join them as a customer, as an employee, you'll become part of the family. Visit rumkey.com to learn more. Coming up next, we will beat your L.A. Chargers. You're listening to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Bo here for my friends at Renew Home Exteriors, offering high-performance products that are durable, long-lasting, cost- and energy-saving. They'll transform the look and efficiency of your home. It's a win-win. Don't go into winter with concerns about your roof. With Renew Home Exteriors, get a new roof installed in 7 to 10 days for no money down and payments as low as 96 bucks a month. Plus, receive free gutter guards with your new roof purchase. Beautify your home with premium siding, roofing products at lower prices with Renew Home Exteriors. Visit RenewEstimate.com. For more, and now time to meet the Los Angeles Chargers, two and two on the season as they come in. Local guy Brandon Staley leading that team in his second year, my friend. Yes, and this is a very good football. Team. Are you on? I don't think you're on. No, no this is a good on. football. Yeah, yeah. All right, good. This is a good football team. This is a fun football team. This team has eight guys who were in the NFL's top 100 a year ago. Feels about right. That's the most in the NFL. We won't see all of them because no Joey Bosa, no Rashawn Slater, so we'll only be seeing six of them. Uh, but they're still a very good team. They won 34-24 last week. Their losses to the Kansas City Chiefs and then a shocking blowout loss at home to the Jacksonville Jaguars, 38-10. to uh, The Chargers, 13-0 and all-time against the Cleveland Browns when they score 25 or more points. Jeez. They lead the series 18-9-1 the last time we played last year, 47-42, also in Week 5 in L.A. By the way, that was the highest-scoring game in the NFL last year, 89 combined points. Lions have done that that like four times this year already. Yeah, the Lions are like, whatever, we laugh at you. Last year for them against us, Herbert, 389, four touchdowns passing, ran for a touchdown. Eckler, 66 rushing yards, two touchdowns rushing, five for 53 and a touchdown receiving. Mike Williams had 165 Uh, and two touchdowns on a couple of those pesky blown coverages uh, right there. This is, again, an excellent offensive football team. They are the number one passing offense in the NFL. They have given up the fewest number of sacks in the entire NFL, only four. The Browns, by the way, second in that uh, with five. They are aggressive. They have five fourth down conversions already. And if you go back to that game a year ago, remember they went for it like on their own 20 yes, they do. to start the second half. Yep. And then they went for it twice on that drive and got it. Herbert ran in the touchdown actually right there. Um, and so this is just a darn good offensive football team. That's the bottom line. They are excellent. Now, defensively, they've got a lot of good names, but they have not necessarily been a great defensive football team. And, in fact, they are an awful, awful run defense. 
And so what do I mean by that? Well, let's get into some advanced oh. metric, shall we? Oh, I we? like a metric. What is their Achilles heel as a run defense so far this year? Well, they are allowing 7.5 yards per carry outside the tackles. That is, I'm sorry, 7.9 yards per carry on rushes outside the tackles. That is dead last in the NFL. Where are the Browns at their best? Rushing outside the tackles. That's right. They are doing that as well as anybody in the NFL. Nick Chubb right now, 85.8% of his total rush yards in 2022 have come outside the tackles. So we've got a team that runs the ball outside better than anybody in the league against a defense that struggles to stop the outside run more than anybody in the league. This is similar to when we talked about that game against the Pittsburgh Steelers where they mm -hmm. were struggling on the outside, especially with the loss of T.J. Watt. That's where this team struggles. I think we're going to have an opportunity to gash them. Last year, by the way, when we played them, week five, outside the tackles, we ran for 209 yards alone. So this is obviously a very good matchup for us running the football. But defensively, they've got some stars, folks. They've got some stars, and it's a new-look defense. You talk about their starters up front uh, in their three-down linemen, two new defensive starters. Their ends are, are their rushers, both new starters, Khalil Mack and Bosa. With Bosa out, it's Khalil Mack and Kyle Van Noy, who had a few good years uh, with the Patriots. Um, they've got maybe the best corner tandem or one of them in the league, Asante Samuel Jr. in his second season after a great rookie year, and then they brought in J.C. Jackson, who just leads the NFL in interceptions. That's he's, all since he's been in the league. Uh, they brought in Bryce Callahan as well to play the slot, a veteran slot corner there in his eighth season. And then on the back end in the safeties, Nasir Adderley, who's been very good for them, and then Derwin James, pro bowler a year ago, and just an absolute stud who can blitz, he can cover, he can play the run. He mm -hmm. can. He is a very disruptive and a very, very good, good uh, defense player. Now they have given up 27 a game, third most in the NFL. So the Browns have got to be very good uh, in situations where they can score the football. That's where I think is going to be the key for them uh, in this game. We saw it last week. You struggle in the red zone. You struggle near the goal line. You're going to struggle to win football games, and that is especially true against this team. You know, it's interesting I, when you, when you look at them, and they've they've had their fair share of injuries. I, it's really stupefying the, the way they got drilled at home by Jacksonville. It's wild how they got drilled. No weird things happen in this league, but like, you know, at the time of that, they're coming off of the. It's the heartbreak on Thursday night against yeah. the Chiefs. They got ten days. He's really banged up. Their Pro Bowl center and All Pro center Corey Lindsley didn't play that week. Yeah, Slater goes out in the middle of that game, but they were already getting it's boat race. It was the to defense, 10, though. Like it was, it's yeah, and they were being boat raced right out of the gate. Their defense was just it, it struggled. Bosa went out in the middle of that game. I do think we can dictate to this football team when we have the ball. I think the, the formula is going to be very similar to last week. Possess the football, keep them on the sidelines. Brother, that's our formula always. Right yeah. right now it is a little bit. I mean, it, with this incarnation, I think that's the – it's it's that. I mean, that's why sure. we're right at that 35, 34 total touches Chubb Hunt every week because yeah, – But we're that's possessing we're the doing. ball for 35 minutes. That yeah. is absurd. Like, the fact that we are possessing yeah. the ball on average 35 minutes a game and we're 2-2 two and two is a ridiculous – ridiculous outcome we need to be better than that we should be better than that quite frankly we have not been better than that as we know we are what our record is but this is a team that we should be able to physically dominate up front we should be able to run the ball on them now they're they cover well that's going to be the interesting thing this is a, a, a decent very good sec a good secondary now without bosa 
you know, maybe they're not quite as good. But you saw even last week, Damian Pierce had that 75-yard touchdown run against them. That's where I think we're going to have to do our damage, keep Herbert on the sidelines, and then we cannot give up the big plays. If they want to check it down to Austin Eckler, you know, yeah. he can have his six yards a catch, fine. But we cannot let Mike Williams, who leads the league uh, in receptions of more than 40 yards over the last year and a half, we cannot let him get deep like he did against us in that first game. No, not at all. It's, it's so last week. Boy, I, would would you have had this in their win over Houston without looking? Can you can you? What's your best guess on how many times Houston ran the ball against the Chargers? Well, that was Damian Pierce, and he's the only one who carried the ball. Which I know is, that that never happens. That doesn't happen anymore. I want to say he was like twenty four for like one sixteen and a touchdown. That'd make you feel good if it was twenty four. It was only fourteen. Oh. 14 carries, 131. He had the 75 yard and a touchdown and the touch, but only 14 times. Now they, they were they were behind. They can't extend drives and yeah. James Mills is terrible. Yeah, he is. He is. But the the so that that's interesting because I was trying to think when you when you think about kind of a probably the model for us beating them is actually Jacksonville. They they drilled them, uh, they bullied them, they ran it 36 times for 151. Um, with Robinson, and, right? And that's and what Etienne. we're going to do, and so that's that's it. It's that's, that's what your we're number. Do. You know, you think about that. You know, we do that every week in over unders. Like you, you're at that thirty five point five, thirty four point five number for Chubb and Hunt. That is it. That's the recipe here, because yeah. anything else, it ain't going to work. I, I think it's going to be, you know, one of the things. It's obviously been a hot topic of conversation this week in this effort of you know inside the five, go for three, go for six. Um, it does feel like with this against this group, you need sevens. Yeah, you knew, and and I think we'll be aggressive in, in that respect again this year. Which I know, if it doesn't work out, people are going to be all up in arms. But I completely agree that you are going to need to have those. I, I think that's an absolute. That's a fact. That's a fact. You are going to have to have those. It's amazing how disinterested they are in running the football. You just pull up, you know, what happens for them week Eckler, to week. Eckler had like sixty yards last week, and that was. I think more than he had in like the first three games combined. I mean, it's been crazy. Yeah, they they win they win their opener. Um, they beat the Raiders in the opener, and Eckler was fourteen carries, thirty six. They did try in the opener. It was thir they tried thirty one times to run the ball. They had seventy six yards against the Raiders in the opener, and then from that point on, they just have not been interested in doing so. And it's one of those things with Staley. I think you know he looks out there and he sees this this Herbert dude who can put it anywhere, and you're like, let him let him let live. him live. It's more – look, I always go back to it. If you have a guy like that, right, for us it's a different ball game. But when you have a guy like that, the truth of the matter is you are going to average more yards per pass than you are going to average yards per run. You're just going to. So, yes, there is, it is important in some way, shape, or form to go ahead and make sure that you do have the run, the physicality, wearing somebody down. But when you have the luxury of this guy – yeah, you go ahead and you throw the ball. No I doubt. Mean, they had, in the loss to Kansas City, I, this is a great game. We all remember it. It was the opener of the Amazon season. In that game, they ran it 24 times for 75, and Herbert threw it 48. Yeah. It's a lot of plays, Coach. It is, and, and some of them they would argue, and when you watch them, justifiably so, that some of these pass plays are actually extensions of the run game. They're long Yeah, handles. for sure. So – it's just about getting the ball to, you know, Eckler in a place that they think is advantageous for him. Now, they have not run it well, as we've talked about, but you think about how much they are throwing it. The fact that they've only given up, you know, the four sacks on the season is kind of amazing. And they're doing it, by the way. They're doing it, by the way, with 
So Corey Lindsley is a pro bowler, all pro. He's the center. He was a huge free agent signing for them in 2021. Buckeye. Former Buckeye, that's right. Former fifth-round pick in 2014. Then they've got Matt Filer, who is was a starter for the Pittsburgh Steelers for a while, but kind of a journeyman and, and certainly wasn't part of any of their good lines. Yeah. He's at left guard. He's been the weak link. He's given up a team high 15 pressures in one sack. Your left tackle with Slater out is Jamari Salyer. Yeah. Their sixth-round pick this year out of Georgia. Last week didn't allow pressure in his first start against Houston. Well, it's going to be very different this week. This will be <laughs> – yeah, it will be. You ought to be able to eat there. Yes. Then their right guard is Zion Johnson, their first-round pick out of Boston College this year. Their right tackle is Trey Pipkins, a former third-round pick, and this is his first year as a starter. So they never thought he was good enough to start prior to this season. So it's not like this is a line of great consequence or incredibly formidable. No. The Browns should be able to do some things up front and disrupt this passing attack. There are a couple of things we do really well when healthy, and even yeah. in our current incarnation, that, that should come – home to roost this week number one miles and Clowney ought to be able to get home now i know herbert gets it out quick but at least you can force him to get it out quick and what does that do well it doesn't let mike williams run 42 yards downfield and hit you over the top so that's beneficial those two should be able to get home uh in this game on sunday the other thing we can run it better than anybody better than anybody so those two things should be complementary for this chargers team there the difference is between them and everybody else we played is the stuff they do good we haven't seen anything like it Totally. That's right. We have not seen – I mean, you put – Go through uh, the quarterbacks we've played. You put up a highlight tape of the quarterbacks we've played in the first four weeks, and they will not, in all of the games they played this year, have as many good throws as Justin Herbert by himself. No. So, good grief, no. No. So this is a totally different animal. Totally. Um, offensively. And, and so there, there are some things that are advantageous to us, but, th but they also have a hell of an answer. And from their perspective, I assure you this – if, if who I wanted to get into this too with you in a second in terms of the Charger fans out there, but you're, if there are any, their next four, it's us, Broncos at home, Seahawks at home, at Falcons. Right. So they want. They go, would look at that and go four and zero. They want to go three and one. I mean, yeah. you'd be realistic. Yeah, but they'll be favored in all of them. All four. They will be favored as they are against us. What yeah. Is it one and a half? Is it down to one and a, I haven't looked because I'm not looking because we have. Oh to yeah, yeah. Guess the lines. Guess the lines tomorrow. Yeah, we got that tomorrow, so yeah. we won't. All right, so we, we'll, we'll wait on that for tomorrow. It but, was uh, three. Okay, yeah. Um, uh, but they will be favored in every one of those yeah. games. How about this for just some, like, random fun facts about this offense? Mike Williams has 100 yards or more receiving in four straight games on the road. Jeez. That's one of the longest streaks in NFL history. It's tied for eighth longest. Six games is the record, by the way, Calvin yeah. Johnson. So one more, he'll get him to five, which would be tied for the fifth longest. He's got 10 pass plays of more than 40 yards since 2021, as I mentioned, most in the NFL. How about this with Justin Herbert? If he gets 300 yards against the Browns, it will be his 20th career game with 300 or more yards passing, which would be the most ever in somebody's first three seasons. And we're at week five of his third season. Andrew Luck was the previous record holder with 19. Uh, it would be his eighth straight game of 300-plus on the road, which Good would Lord. tie Rich Gannon for the most in NFL history. Um, when he was the MVP of the league straight? on the road with 300 plus, it, if if he if he throws for 300, so he's at seven now, which would tie Rich Gannon, who was the MVP of the league the last time this happened, 2001, 2002, for most in NFL history. I mean, I'm just trying to think how many 300 yard passing games have we had in the last few years? The last 300 yard passing game we had as a team was Week Five, 2021, against 
the Chargers. The Chargers. That's it. That's Good it. job. How about that? Good job out of you. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Eight of them. So you were out there a year ago. Yeah. It was a Browns crowd, right? Very much. So this is a franchise. They can't get a stadium done in San Diego. Can't get public funding. It was an ownership group in the Spanos family that didn't aren't liquid enough to do it on their own. Sure. There's no corporate money in San Diego, which is something a lot of people don't realize. So they weren't going to be able to get a stadium done that way. So they become a team that's going to move. Well, Kroenke goes to Los Angeles and says, I'm, I'm willing to build it on my own. I need a tenant. The NFL says, okay. He says, I really don't want the Raiders because they'll usurp me. Yep. And they say, well, how about the Chargers? Fine. They were in L.A. before they were in San Diego briefly. Let's go Chargers. Let's move them up there. So they move up there. They play in a soccer stadium. In, remember that in Carson? Did yeah. you ever cover a game there? I did. It had to be kind of cool, there. right? It was cool. It was very small, intimate. We ended up losing that one. That was in the year, I think, that we went winless with Kaiser. Bosa okay. had a big sex strip fumble at the end of the game. Travis Coons, our former kicker, made a return for the Chargers. It was actually a pretty cool environment. I enjoyed it. I actually, it in, was very intimate. I, I actually think that would be better than where they're playing now, where they, almost. It's a cool facility, though. I, I mean, it's not as good as Minnesota, though. No, no, no. But I just mean, here is this team. You said eight players in the top 100. They have – there's fun to watch. There, they have a top four cool guy playing quarterback. Totally, who checks every box you'd want in a franchise 100%. quarterback. Yep. They have yep. arguably the best uniform in sport, yep. certainly in the NFL. One of the best, one of the yep. three or four best. And yet, there's no traction in the market for them. There's very little give a damn. And you say to yourself, well, if the, if this doesn't satisfy, what will? Like, what happens? 15 years from now when they're not like when they're not like this yeah i don't know they're awesome and they're fun to watch beautiful uniforms it's a they're it's a solid can you imagine these guys in dallas it's a beautiful thing or philly or new york any other market if they almost if this was the new york giants with this look like this yeah like they'd be the most popular team in the yeah yeah but instead they're kind of this they're out there there's nobody who Who's, there's not a, I don't even know a diehard Chargers fan. Like the thing is, is they don't even have the fans in San Diego. They're flying under the radar. They're brother. done. They're flying under the radar. And every game they play is a road game. That's it. It's the damnedest thing. That is crazy. What is their? Uh, what's your favorite of their uniform combos? Powder blue top. Mm-hmm. I like the white pant. You can yeah. go with the gold pant. That's fine. But powder blue top, white pant, and the white helmet. Obviously, it's, it's white perfect. Blue. Yeah, that's great. they did it. It's really amazing. The we, weird one, though, that's all blue is, like, not quite the powder blue. It's almost like a different blue. It's Fouts era. I don't like that one as much. So they have three blues. They've got the powder blue Allworth era. Then they've got the royal blue, which is Fouts era. And then they've got Navy. what I like to refer to as the Stan Humphreys era, the oh. Navy blue. Antonio Gates. Ladanian. I did that for you yeah, because you. of Stan Steve Humphreys. Young's incredible victory. Over. Where he got the yeah. monkey off his back by somehow defeating – Stan Humphreys and the uh, incredibly and the largest largest spread San Super Diego Bowl Chargers. ever, largest spread Super Bowl ever. It was like a four, they were fourteen point favorites, something like that, in the Super Bowl. I don't understand. I can't remember. Did they? How did they get there in '94? That that Chargers team. Who would have been? Who was the? There's no way they were the one seed. It's also one of the great Chris Berman nicknames. Natron means business. Natron means business. Fantastic. Which is very good. Sayo's on that team. He's great. Was it the '94? '94. Yeah, '94. 94 San Diego Chargers or Saint 94 AFC playoffs. Got a little pro football reference. Right? I mean, Pittsburgh was good at that point. Pittsburgh played in the Super Bowl in 95. All right, so they go 11 and 5. They win. They win the AFC West. And then in the postseason, 
They are a home for Miami. They got a bye. So they were a two seed probably. Yep. So then in the divisional round, they beat Miami 20, uh, 22 to 21. So that's Marino. Then they go to the AFC Championship game in Pittsburgh and win 17 to 13. So it was Pittsburgh. And then they go to the Super Bowl and they get blasted 49 to 26. That would have been a Neil O'Donnell Pittsburgh team. Feels about probably right. in 1994. Yeah. Is that Jim Harbaugh quarterbacking the? No, no, no. That, no, he did that with the Colts. He had a hail mary to beat the Steelers once. So Stan Humphreys went in there and won 17 13. Let's go to stats. All right. So they were led by Natron Means ran for 1,350 yards and 12 touchdowns. By the way, it's an all nickname backfield. You had Natron Means Business and Eric Sleeping with the Enemy. Sleeping with the Enemy. Yeah, same backfield. <laughs> that was a great one. Uh, that's a great one. Um, leading receiver was a, a gentleman by the name of Tony Martin, had 885 yards and seven touchdowns. Um, wow. Sean Jefferson had 627 and three. And then Mark Say, S E A Y, had 645 and six. Like, I don't remember any of these dudes. No. It speaks to, I think, a little bit. This kind of buttresses a point we were, we were talking about on Monday on the show. Listen to the names that you just mentioned and think about how talented this league is now. Oh, yeah. Like Stan Humphreys quarterbacked a team in the Super Bowl. And threw for 17 touchdowns, 12 picks, and 58% completion that year. That's unreal. Uh, defense was led by Junior Seau. It also had Leslie O'Neill, who had 12 and a half sacks. And Chris Mims had 11 sacks. So they had a, a pair of pass rushers that were pretty formidable. Seau had 155 tackles, five and a half sacks, a forced fumble. I mean, look at this human. That is a quarterback of a Super Bowl team oh my god yeah the Niners that's why they got I mean he looks got, like a club pro that's why they got absolutely blasted bro they did yeah like to compare that team that we just were set out loud to do it to this Chargers team well it's not, <laughs> like close. It's not close but the 49ers 19 that team the 49ers team that won the Super Bowl I mean that team Look had to be that human Jeez, Louise. that's wild I mean, he looks in this picture here with the flat top. He looks like someone who's going to snake your drain. It does. He does look that way. Well, that's Dion. Here we go. That's all of them. 1994. 94. San Francisco 49ers. All right, here you go. You've got Ricky Waters on offense. Steve Young, Pro Bowler, first team All Pro, 70% completion, 4,000 yards, 35 touchdowns, 10 picks, quarterback rating 113. How's that similar to Stan the Man? You've got Ricky Waters ran for 877 yeah. and 6. You had William Floyd, bar none William Floyd, mm -hmm. who had six touchdowns himself. Steve Young ran for seven touchdowns, 293. Receiving Jerry Big Rice. Big fantasy year for Steve Young huge. in 94. That's amazing. Jerry Rice, first team All-Pro and Pro Bowler, 1,499 yards, 13 touchdowns. John Taylor, 531 and 5. Clearly Steve Young didn't know how to use him like Joe did. Brent Jones, Pro Bowler, uh, he had 49, 670, and 9, the tight end. And then your defense, you had Ken Norton Jr., Merton Hanks, Pro Bowlers, a free safety, who had seven picks that year. Nice neck on him. You had Eric Davis, who was very good. Tim McDonald, your other safety, was a Pro Bowler that year as well. Former card. Former card, yep. yep. You had uh, Gary Plummer and Lee Woodall. Your defensive line, Bryant Young, who just went to the Hall of Fame. Dana Stubblefield was a Pro oh, Bowler that year, had eight and a half sacks. Uh, Deion Sanders, first team All Pro and Pro Bowler that year, obviously as well. Did Deion win Defensive Player of the Year in '94? 
They also had Pro Bowlers all over their line. Jesse Sapulu was a Pro Bowler. 1994 Defensive Player of the Year. Yes. Yeah. It's it's the b- single best corner season I've ever seen, and I think anyone's ever seen probably, was Dion in 94. Dion Sanders, <laughs> nicknames Primetime, Neon Dion, or Leon Sandcastle from that <laughs> ad. That's funny. That's in there. All right. Very good. We'll get some perspective for Bernie Kozar coming up next. You'll listen to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Browns fans, be sure to stop by the free Twisted Tea Tailgate pregame party prior to every home game. Twisted Tea Tailgate is located on the west side of First Energy Stadium, combines the atmosphere of a beer garden with live music, food, drink, and options. The tailgate opens four hours prior to kickoff and is open to fans with a ticket to the game. And now let's head out on the Twisted Tea Hotline for a visit with our great friend, the legend Bernie Kozar, joining us. Uh, boy, Bernie, we were we, we'll revisit last week and take a look at some things. But I, I like talking quarterbacks with you, and I, uh, I I'm an admirer of Justin Herbert and what he's done early in his career. We'll get a firsthand look at him last year. We we'll get a firsthand look at him in our building this year. When you see him, does he remind you of anybody you played against? What are some of the traits that you like? Well, good to be with you guys today, and I know there still may be some remnants of distaste from the outcome of the game this past Sunday, but it is an NFL Wednesday, and Wednesday is the official start of the game plan week where you officially move in, get your game plan, and move into the L.A. Chargers and stuff. And, Bo, to your question about does a, is there a QB that, that Justin Herbert um, reminds me of, and this is high praise and stuff, but I and I love the way I used to throw the football and stuff. And I was proud of my accuracy. But there was a guy like Dan Marino who mm-hmm. was a work of art throwing the ball. And when I see Justin throw the football, unfortunately, I see that beautiful, gorgeous golden arm of Dan Marino, and and that that gift that he has. It's it's almost like what. Wow, a quarterback it's almost like going and watching an art an artist work the way he throws it it's just gorgeous when you and have that a mean, and that and that means for this weekend if any weekend we could get a nice windy northeastern ohio cleveland browns day with the way they are the number one passing offense in the nfl and one of the worst running offenses in the nfl um i absolutely think that would be a cleveland brown true home field advantage bernie when you have a quarterback who can do all of the things that justin herbert can do you've got a team that's got one of the preeminent deep threats in the league in mike williams you have one of the best intermediate and third down route runners in the nfl in keenan allen Gerald Everett, the tight end they brought in, is on pace for a career year, like he might shatter his career best by the midway point of the season. And then you have a running back like Austin Eckler, who already has 27 catches, third most in the AFC. So they can throw it close to the line of scrimmage. They can hit you in the intermediate. They can hit you over the top. How do you slow down this offense, and what must you do to a quarterback like that to try and disrupt him? Well, Unlike last week with Arthur Smith and uh, Ch- uh, Dave Ragone, the offensive coordinator for the Falcons, that were almost like ourselves, a heavy physical run-first team. I like Austin Eckler as, as a running back for the for the L.A. Chargers, yet they are woeful in the, the way they're running the ball this year. They're using him 
phenomenally in the passing game. So last weekend we had a heavy emphasis on stopping the run. Um, this weekend, actually, we're gonna. I would think we're gonna want to force them into running the ball more than they probably want to. So get a little pressure on Justin and being able to with their left tackle being out. That's that's something that you would really love to have. Miles Garrett, Xavier Clowney back being able to play and put that pressure, put that pressure on to be able to disrupt, be able to disrupt Justin and and throw him, throw him off his rhythm. So the other thing that's interesting about him, Bernie, is he he doesn't get hit a lot. I mean, the ball's out quick. I mean, they uh, Slater was out; he didn't play last week. And and tennis, now we're different, obviously, with with Miles and Jadavian, but. Uh, the Texans really couldn't get near him, didn't disrupt him that much. The ball comes out so quick. What can we do in the back end? Can you do anything to confuse, give him even another half second of thought before? It seems he's so decisive, I guess. How do you counter that? Yeah, with with pressure in the face, and again, almost like Dan Marino. Dan Marino was, was genius in his movement within the pocket, and he was genius in his ability with the quick release and stuff. You see the same thing with, with Justin, too. And the, the ability, though, to put that little bit of doubt in his mind, to do a little bit of disguising of the coverages, moving, moving the fronts around a little bit, but your safeties, and I know this is somewhat a little tricky because we've been having some communication issues in the back end, of our defense but when you're able to maybe disguise a little bit and have him not be so predetermined in his pre-snap read that uh, uh, that his pre-snap read is confirmed by at the snap of it being that coverage if you're able to maybe give him a pre-snap look and at the snap at times be able to rotate into another coverage that for a younger quarterback may be able to with a little bit of pressure gets him sometimes to doubt what he's seeing have questions in his mind and if we're having a typical fall windy day in cleveland if you have a little bit of inaccuracy in your throws or you're not used to the swirling type winds and nathan i i unfortunately concur with you that i i love mike williams down the field and i i love keenan allen in the in that mid-range stuff keenan allen's been it's um, questionable for the game this week don't like yep. to take any consolation in any players being hurt but that'd be a nice helper if keenan Allen isn't able to add to the those weapons on on the la chargers offense and from the defensive perspective you know uh, with bosa being on injured reserve yeah they've they've got cleo mack but almost like the Steelers game, they, uh, our ability to run the ball against anybody, I really believe in. Yet the off-tackle running that the Cleveland Browns do so well. Heck, Nick Chubb last week, again, 19 carries, 118 yards, 6.2 yards a carry against the Falcons. Well, the, the, the Chargers are struggling like the Steelers were with their off-tackle uh, defense and stuff. That's what we do yep. so soon. Uh, so good so that's a nice matchup that's a nice nice um edge to try to amplify in the game on sunday yeah and that's what we've got to do right sometimes the best defense is an offense that possesses the ball and i think what's frustrating for the browns is you know you're averaging over 35 minutes of possession this season most in the nfl 
and yet you sit at two and two. And that's what we tried to do last week. We did it successfully. I imagine that'll be the formula again, right? Because as a quarterback, if you're not on the field, do you get antsy on the sideline? If it's been a while since you've gotten to be out there, if the Browns go on an eight-minute drive, a nine-minute drive, you get a three and out, then they go on another eight-minute drive. Does that affect your rhythm, and is that maybe one of the ways to affect Justin Herbert? Fantastic point, Nathan. Spot on with that. There's there's absolutely, for a team that struggles running the ball, for a team that is a offensive machine that wants to press the action down the field if you if you're not out there if you're not able to get into that flow even if you get into that flow and you can't stay consistent with it you absolutely and especially with youth you tend to get a little impatient get a little anxious want to try to do a little too much try to score and move the ball a little too quick and you actually hopefully sometimes compound your issue and either make a turnover or get a third um, um a three and out yeah that's that's what you're hoping for there and you're hoping to keep it away from them um you know when you, when you think about one of the hot topics of course this week and it's we can always do things once things have happened we can look back and second guess i mean that's our job here right as we do those things and one of the big topics is inside the red zone take the points those type of things so brandon saley doesn't do that with the chargers and some of that is he's got herbert i mean they go for it on fourth i mean they go last year bernie they went for it in their own end uh, on fourth down against us like he's he's pretty fearless with it um this feels like a game where you got to get seven more than three where do you one thing nathan and i talked about on monday is there is an emotional toll of a long drive that ends in no points is that, are we giving that yeah. enough credit where do you come down on that well for our, for our browns fans who um debate nor do they like um all of our, all the times we go for it on fourth down See the, see the L.A. Chargers slash the John Carroll Blue Streaks West uh, in terms of Brandon Staley in the amount of times that they go for it on fourth down. They go for a third most in the NFL last year, more than, more than we do with the Cleveland Browns. So both, both teams have a, an aggressive attitude towards going for it. As it pertains to your question, Bo, and last week's situation, um, yes, it is uh, for the first, and I'm not trying to second guess coach or any anybody yeah, sure. on this, but when you're the quarterback, and I had a thing on the road where on the first drive of the game, if I had the ball first, I wanted to get off the snide. I wanted to get any points on the board. I want my touchdowns um, as best possible, most all the time. But on that first drive to to go all the way down and to go up three nothing. Seven nothing's optimal, but to be able to go up three nothing at least is something that um, I always wanted to do, old school or new school in that. And when it when it came down to and to your point, yes, that tends to be discouraging to to you as the the offense and, and to the team. But more so, it makes that that on the first drive, it makes the home team fired up that they got they stopped you, and now the offense comes out with a little bit of purpose as opposed to maybe the fans that are sitting back in their seat down three nothing um but in terms of it in the course of the game i tend to want to go for it more times more times than than not but it early in the game like that i think it's imperative to to um settle everybody down like that 
Yeah, and that does make sense. Now, when you're at home in a game like this where it's going to be a shootout or an expected shootout, you know that they're the number one passing offense. They've also given up 27 a game. Is this a game where you feel like it's probably going to be more aggressive again and people should just kind of get their heads around that we're looking for sevens here? And this is one of the things that I was trying to convey to somebody is if you go down to the goal line area seven times, seven times, if you kick the field goal all seven times, you only have to score three out of seven which is under 50% to get the same number of points. You go four out of seven in terms of scoring touchdowns, and guess what? Now you've exceeded that significantly, right? 28 to 21. So that, I think, is a lot of the thinking behind it, but do you think that this is a game where you would be aggressive even just knowing Justin Herbert and Eckler and Williams and Allen, if he plays, are on the other side? Yes, it's absolutely. I, I, tend, I tend to want to be more aggressive with, with with Justin and the Chargers on the other side. But that being said, there's also a strategic percentage, and to me, my version of analytics that I like to contemplate with those that's a hypothetical scenario, seven trips inside the um, inside the, the red zone. Because, like, um, two-point plays from the two-yard line, so fourth and two, two-point plays, basically it's, 48% success rate, so a little yep. bit less than half. But basically, one out of two from fourth and two two-point plays is is the uh, statistics for it. We are so awesome at our third and one, fourth and one. So anything less than two, I, I'm pretty positive to being really aggressive on. What I struggled with from fourth and four the other day is statistically, that's that's a tough one for us quarterbacks. I, when I was young, I wanted to act cool. Like I loved throwing the ball from the four and five yard line in on third and fourth down. That's statistically a challenging time because we are a running team. It really takes the run out of play from about the four. And you statistically get down to about a 30% chance of success. So if, yeah. if the analytics match up and it's a realistic third and fourth down, because boy, running over, uh, Posick, uh, Teller, and Joel Petonio with Jacoby Brissett, that's almost 95 to 100% on one and less than one. So um, those are the kind of scenarios I also try to wrap into my analysis when I'm going through a, a decision like that. And how difficult is it for a quarterback in that scenario? Because not only does everybody know that it's fourth down, but you don't have the ability to stress them vertically because you're, you've got 14 yards of field to work with. Exactly, exactly. So the, that's why I like going for it off the maybe one, two-yard line. The four, five, six-yard line exponentially increases the chances of, a, you know, of it being that much more challenging. Bernie, we, we started this talking about elite quarterback play and Justin Herbert, and we, we talked a little bit about Dan Marino and the comparison, and that's that's kind of the one I was thinking, but when you say it, it validates all of it. Uh, I wanted to go back historically with, with you and the Chargers and uh, some of those matchups you had with Dan Fouts uh, towards the end of his career, towards the beginning of yours. Uh, there's one here you went 14 back in, in 1986. Uh, what, was, what, was that, what was that like? What was Fouts like as a player? What was he like to go up against? Wow, Bo, thanks. I've got goosebumps here as you talk. And what an awesome honor to be a young kid going up against Dan Fouts and then a couple of years later, the great junior Seau being able to play play against him and, 
and 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 actually in one of those games, not I, I had my career longest NFL run. I ran for 22 yards against a two deep five under man. Let's that go, like Moses. Like a yeah, gazelle. Moses was like, yeah, Moses was uh, uh, doing the red, parting the Red Sea for me there. A real athlete would have got 40 yards of the touchdown. I slowed it down to 20 for Virginia to dive on, dive on top of me. <laughs> so, so those are the those type of moments where the seriousness, the love of the game, of wanting to play. Fortunately, we were up a lot of points then, so I was able to laugh on the laugh on the ground as Junior was rolling rolling me rolling my face into the mud with that. So, so, I can't, and because it's a family show and school's about to get yes. off, I can't say exactly some of the quotes he said to me. But I was pretty festive, but yet winded. For I hadn't, I don't think I'd ever run twenty yards before. <laughs> <laughs> That's great, Bernie. Thanks, buddy. Great talking to you as always. We'll talk to you next week. Sounds great. You better go Browns. All right, the great Bernie Kozar, and be part of. One of the most passionate fan base in the NFL. Join the Brown season ticket member waitlist today for the best chance of securing tickets for all home games in future seasons. Don't miss out. Go to clevelandbrowns.com slash tickets or call 440-891-5050 to reserve your spot today. Jacoby Brissett at the podium coming up next. You're listening to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. OBM, the official printer partner of your Cleveland Browns. While you depend on your Brown swing, you can always depend on OBM because we can tackle any size office. Call 216-485-2000 or ohiobusinessmachines.com. And now here's your quarterback, Jacoby Brissett, at the podium. What's the key to getting better in the Browns? Uh, score touchdowns. Uh, I think that's the uh, – when we went back and looked and – just our attention to detail and, and focus in the red zone. Uh, that was very uncharacteristic of us. Uh, so uh, just honing back in and, and focusing on our details of our each play, and, and uh, we'll get the results we want. Jacoby, other than not throwing the interception, what, what should you have done differently uh, on that last play? Not throwing it to that guy. Right. Anything else would have been better than that. I mean, did you look when you looked at film? Did you see other options that would have been a better decision? Anything would have been, like I said, any throw would have been better than that one. So, uh, just being better in those situations. Jacoby, not to beat a dead horse, but it seems like Kevin has taken so much heat for that fourth and three from the four on the first drive, uh, and he mentioned that you, you know, kind of were just going for David there, and the ball got away from you a little bit. Can you take us through, or can you take us through what? On which play? Uh, it's first the very the first series, mm-hmm. the fourth and three. Oh, oh, gotcha. Yeah, 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 yeah. Can you just kind of take us through the thinking there, just so we can kind of put a bow on that whole. Uh, I just think that's what it was, uh, uh, and it was just a bad job by myself. And, and like I, when I said earlier, just honing in on the details and, and uh, kind of made a bad decision from the start of the play uh, that caused that. So uh, just be better. I won't because I don't want the, the other team to do that same thing. So. Hey, you guys went hurry up on third Was that the first time in that drive that you did? Hurry up on that play? Yeah, on the third down play. Yeah, that was our first th- uh, hurry up on that series, yeah. yeah. Is that tougher to do when you get to the goal? I mean, it, it's uh, kind of a rush thing, you know, is it? Not necessarily because 
when you get them in the looks that you want, it's, it's I mean, we're, we almost had it, you know, uh, and we, we get a look where Chubb's on, on one guy and um, the guy made a good play. Uh, so I don't think it's tough. I mean, it's just, it's part of our game because we've, we gone for on the ball fast in certain situations and have com- converted them. So uh, we're just hoping the same thing. And Kevin said they hadn't been in goal line all year. Yeah. Is that tricky then when you haven't seen a team and know their tendencies? Uh, yeah, and, that, and that's just something that you really can't account for. And it's just something that happens in the flow of the game. And, uh, and I think uh, as a collective group, we just looked at it and said, hey, like, we have to be prepared more for these type of situations and, and make sure we make uh, make sure we're on the same page. Jacoby, when you look at the stat sheet and you see that uh, Lamari only had one catch for nine yards on, on four targets, uh, can you sort of describe what you know what they were doing to take him out? And what kind of hit? How, how does that happen? Uh, I, I think a couple of them I just missed them, uh, honestly, uh, and uh, got to do a better job of of of, of trusting my eyes. Uh, and I think that's pretty much it. How important is it to get a star like Amari like, super involved in, in the game? Uh, I think it's critical. I mean, we understand that. Uh, teams understand that. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I it obviously didn't want it to work out that way. Uh, but uh, it did, and it's a, a great learning learning tool for us um, at my position and, and his position and, and, and obviously Kev's who's calling the plays. But, uh just something that we understand is, is something that we have to do is, is find ways to get them involved. But like, again, I said, like, I just missed them a couple times. So the Cactus the Red Zone is so congested in their throw and run plays, it seems. And with the running game, you know, the way it is, might be a better alternative to just concentrate on running the ball. Uh, I mean, we could play that game all day is which one is better. Uh, but. Uh, I thought we had good plays down there. It's just about our execution uh, and focusing in, focusing in on the details. In terms of uh, Amari wasn't necessarily able to get as involved as you wanted him to, but you spread it around a little bit more. You had some success you know, with David, with Donovan. How important is that, too, to kind of just get other people? Yeah, I mean, I just think that's just such a critical part of our offense. Uh, is when everybody touches the ball, we do well. Uh, and a lot, of, a lot of, yeah, Amari did get what we say is the correct number of touches, I would say, but a lot of guys stepped up and made a lot of plays. You know, both Davis made a lot of plays, Donovan made a lot of plays, uh, our backs made a lot of plays in the past game. So uh, just finding ways to get everybody involved and, and um, making a conscious effort to to make the right decisions. I want one more question about that, that last drive. Were you guys thinking that you needed a touchdown that a field goal? No, we, we only needed a field goal. That's, that's, that was a, Yeah. Jacoby, you mentioned the two David, but specifically David Bell. How have you seen him get more comfortable as this as the season's gone on? Yeah, I think he's been doing a good job of, of, of taking the coaching from the meeting room to the field, uh, and um, it's, it's paying off dividends in the games and, and critical situations. Uh, some of the big catches that he made uh, in that game, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's exciting to see his his growth becoming more and more uh, clear each game. Uh, and just looking forward to that throughout the season. How about the Chargers defense? With Alex Bosa, does that help the line concentrate on Khalil Mack? Uh, I mean, I still think they have a really good defense. Uh, obviously, he's one of their better players, but I think those guys uh, still play really well, play really hard. Uh, it's a system that those guys know very well. Um, and, and um, yeah, so we got, a, we got a tough task. I know the red zone stuff is frustrating, but when you have Chubb and Hunt, though, is it even more? Frustrating. I mean, Nick was really rolling in his homecoming game. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, 
it's just frustrating. Uh, you just want to score touchdowns. Uh, and we, we always say we don't care who scores for us. It's just we just want to put the ball in the end zone. And, um, yeah, we just got to be better in those situations. Kobe, when did you, uh, when did you realize you were so good at quarterback sneaks? Uh, a long time ago, I guess. Uh, I mean, it's just part of my game, I guess. I don't know. You just go get a yard or something. I mean, when, when that call comes in on fourth down, you feel like it's almost automatic. Like, uh, for the most part, I was just telling myself to go get it. Uh, the guys up front do a really good job of, of getting surge and and, uh, and just finding the cracks. And, and then, I mean, we only need to get one, so just I'm six four, so I'll get one yard laying down. So, what do you see from this Chargers defense? Uh, really good defense. Like I said, they know this system very well. Um, uh, put a lot of guys in different spots, and they and they all understand uh, the rules of their defense. Uh, so, um, very 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 tough. Uh, obviously. Uh, have known to be a, a, be a really good defense, and we got our hands full this week. You're starting to get some interceptions. It looks like uh, you have to be really careful of you know James and some of those guys coming up over the middle, right? Yeah, I think they got a lot of ball hawks on their uh, in their secondary, uh, including their linebackers. Uh, you know, a lot of guys that um, can make plays on the ball. So obviously, being being good on my part and, and making good decisions uh, and, and making sure I'm not putting a team in in the offense in harm's way. They're um you're going into a stretch now where you're going to be facing some pretty prolific offenses in, in quarterbacks. Is that something that's in the back of your mind, knowing that you guys might have to not only be better, but at least keep pace with that level of scoring? Uh, no, I mean, obviously the, the mindset is to be better just to be better. Uh, each week is is a week to, that we get a chance to go out there and perform better than we did the, the week before. Uh, I mean, we're not playing against their offense. We're playing against their defense. So uh, we just got to go out and execute, do our job. Uh, and, and focus on that. Uh, I think that'll be more than enough to worry about. Does the shootout that you turned into last year inform anything that could possibly happen in this game? Are you guys expecting it? Uh, I have no idea yet. Um, whatever the game needs, uh, I'm sure we got the guys on this team and, and prepared to do whatever it takes to get a win. And, and uh, that's the mindset going into this one. Is this quarterback sneak thing or even good in college doing that? Yeah, but I don't remember doing it that much in college. So I don't know. Yeah. For a team of injury lawyers dedicated to every client every day, call 1-800-ELK-OHIO. Elk and Elk's a proud partner of your Cleveland Browns. AP, join us next. We'll do a little better or worse. Cleveland Browns Daily, 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. The Bath Authority gives you that bathroom of your dreams. You can transform your current bath into a custom bath for a spa-like experience, again, in about a day. Let the Bath Authority make it a reality for you at a fraction of the cost of the competitors. The Bath Authority is our area's premier bath and shower remodeler. They're experts. They're factory trained. You give them give you 500 bucks off right now if you give them a call at 216-220-8399. They will take care of you. Tell them both sent you. BathAuthority.com. Affordability and quality all in one. Largest selection of bath projects in the area. They're all made right here in America. Check them out. You will not be disappointed that you did. Superior products at expert installers at thebathauthority.com. Our staff writer, Anthony Poizel, joins us here in studio for a little game we like to call Better or Worse. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing fantastic. Happy to be back on. Yeah, This is one of my favorite times of the week. Let's do it. Yeah, it's always exciting when we do a little bit of better or worse, and so let's get it started. Um, all right, the Browns come in. We, we are 18. Like, that's just it. 
We're 17, we're 18, we're 19, we're 20. Like, that's yeah. that's just it. Haven't shuffled around there's no, there's no. If uh, we'd handled our business, we'd, ha- we'd have to be, like, top five. If we were 4-0. 13. 13. We were 4-0. 4-0, we'd be 13. Who would they be? I think we'd be 10 if we were, like, 4-0. <laughs> that's, if we were undefeated, they would put us in the top eight, the top yes, quartile of the league. Of course. We're 4-0. Uh, but we're not. Yes, two we're and not. Two. We're 2-2. Two and two. So they sit there Sad. Um, at number 18. Apparently in this particular one. See, we don't we don't use the same one every time. So it, I, it's, it kind of this is Yeah, it moves. So apparently in this one last week, we were up all the way to 11. But oh, I think baby. we did Dan Hansis last week. Yeah. And he had us around this neck of yeah. the woods. Right. So he had us where we are. On the ESPN one, we are down from 11. We are 18. Hansis. Are we better or worse than number 11? Or another number eighteen, Segura. We should be, but I mean, we've blown two games. We've lost to the Jets and the Falcons, so right. we're in the middle of the pack, and that feels like a very middle of the pack ranking. Yeah, I'm. I would actually say a little bit lower, and that's just because when I look at the teams that are behind us right now, um, teams that have quarterbacks that are playing really well right now, or teams that have quarterbacks that can play really well, like the Raiders, Cardinals, Seahawks. Those are all teams that are behind us on this list, and I'm not. Very confident that, that this team would be able to beat them just with the struggles they've had in the fourth God, quarter. Such a and, hater. I mean, right the I mean, you're not confident on, we can beat dude. the Seahawks. We don't think we can beat the Seahawks. Geno Smith's been playing out of his mind it's these the first four games. The worst defense in the league. They got smoked by the Falcons at home. The Seahawks is a, a, iffy, okay, but the Cardinals and Raiders. I, I'm not fully confident about that. And then they, Cardinals I mean, stink. I think they stink too. Did you watch any of that? Did you see any of that game? I didn't see it. It was an much. abomination. Yeah, it was like really one of the worst football games I've ever seen. However, though, like we, they, how they can we be ranked ahead of the Falcons? Though, how can we be ranked impossible. ahead of the Falcons? Yeah. They just how beat could us. you? Um, you imagine like those two guys played on some of the most dynamic offenses in college football history in back-to-back years. Baker and, and Kyler, is they won the Heisman in back-to-back years, and they played on Sunday. And it there's was brutal. There's yeah, hope for the Cardinals terrible. though. When no, they get none. DeAndre Hopkins back, yeah, there's not. There's hope. There's no hope in Carolina. No. Next. Come on, boys. I'll have a little faith. Better or worse, <laughs> the Eagles come in on the ESPN list at number three. The Eagles at number three, Poizel. Um, I think I think higher here, and I'm going by one. Um, I'd have the top three as in this order: Bills, Eagles, and Chiefs. I just I think Philly is still just a better overall team than the Chiefs, and the only undefeated team left in the league obviously deserves to be in the top two, in my opinion. I like it. I think it's just right. I think that if there was a game played today between them and the Chiefs or them and the Bills, they would be underdogs. I don't know if that would be true against anybody else. So they got the Packers. Yeah, you're exactly right on the first – 100%. Oh, my God, there's one here that's coming up. I don't even know if this – yeah, it is on the list. Um, (laughs) The Chiefs are the best team in football. They're the best team in football right now. The Bills have real injuries in the secondary. Uh, The Chiefs have the crazy loss to the Colts where if Kelsey doesn't uh, have the drop, he'd win that game. Sure. That's it. Other than that, they beat everybody they played. They've beaten the Bucks. They beat the Chargers at full strength. That's the best squad in football to me. So what do you have against the Eagles, then? I'm just I don't have anything against them. I just am not buying all in on hate, on Hurd versus Mahomes. Okay. And if you say to me, all right, you got to risk your three lovely boys' future in you know right. college yeah, education yeah, yeah, yeah. on one team, You'd be picking, give me that yeah. one over the one with Jalen Hurts. That's why. He's playing very well. He is. But, yeah, but he's no. on Mahomes. I, mean, I think he's Mahomes the third. Mahomes is a cyborg. He's the third best. I think they're the third best team in the league. Yeah, I think I think that's very fair. Next, higher or lower? So loud. <laughs> the first one I didn't hear at all, and then that one just Boom. bombed. <laughs> yeah. Like what is going on? The variable on it is stunning. 
I'm doing my best. <laughs> oh my gosh, Madison! <laughs> I'm sorry. Do we have? Is the traveling music playing? I could. I can't. We're, I'm not even so sure what's going on here. We're having issues playing like two sounds Shocker. at once here. So ah, there, there's where the problem is ah. happening. Okay, <laughs> then let's do this. Forget the sounder. Just do. I traveling. Won't, I'll do the next. I'll okay. do the next, and we'll just do traveling music. I got you. All right. Better or worse, the Los Angeles Rams are six. They're six. What? They're awful. That's, that was what I was most appalled by. On all the teams on this list, most appalled by the Rams at six. And that, the Niners at 12, they... and the Niners just smoked them. Exactly. What are we that doing, That makes no man? sense. Yeah. This no is, sense. This list is hot garbage. <laughs> it's awful. It's an awful list. I mean, I'm trying to think, all right, where would I actually put the Rams? Based Probably like around 15. Yeah, I was like a 10-15 range. Throw them anywhere in there, I think that's fine. I, they just, they were, I mean, there was no point last, Short. what was it, the Monday night game, right? There was no point where it looked like they were a competent team that deserves to be in the top 10. They can only throw it to Cooper Cup. They can't run it. Yeah. They can't protect Stafford. He's getting At all legend beaten. Yep. It's like Lions days for him again all of a sudden. Yeah. The idea that they're six is laughable, man. It is laughable. laughable. Like, what's it going to take for them to get lower on this list? I feel like every week we've seen the Rams at, in the, near the top of these lists, and it's just like, when it, what is it going to take for them to get lower? I don't I, understand. I don't they're what... the defending Super Bowl champions, and they've got, like, Ramsey uh, and Donald and Stafford, and people are like, oh, my goodness. They're bad at football. We said this after the first game. They're bad. They're yeah, not good. For sure. All right. I'm gonna they do need the... Odell back. They do. But, I mean, he's... Month, I mean, still a month away. Feels right? that way. he just keeps talking about all the people he wants to play for. <laughs> he loves it. He loves it. Yeah. Good for him. It is good. Go ahead. I love it. Yeah. All right, I'm going to do the sound effect myself, and and my calling for the sound effect. Next, better, better or worse. Or worse. <laughs> I think it actually happened as well. That was amazing. Thank you. We right have on a better time. or worse. That was very on yeah. cue. Yeah, it was right on time. <laughs> when did we get a better like... or worse? I don't know, but that's what amazing. it just said. It did just say that. All right, better well. or worse. Unbelievable. Yeah, as it should be. As it should Finally. be. Finally. Are the Vikings better or worse than number seven, AP? Um, I'm still going to go worse, but not by a whole lot. I think I'd still pick the uh, – these are teams that are behind them. The Bucks, Ravens, and even the Bengals, I think, to beat them. Um, I'm not sure Kirk Cousins will be able to kind of keep things up for them in the past game. I know Justin Jefferson's good, but he kind of feels like what we were talking about with Cooper Cup just a minute ago. He's kind of their only weapon right now. Adam Thielen hasn't really been – Producing a whole lot. I just don't know if this is sustainable for the Vikings. They're fun. They're they a fun, fun offense. Yeah. When they're cooking, it's yeah. it's really fun. And Thielen last week was good against the Saints. Dalvin's been banged up, but Madison, that's a good one-two punch. Jefferson's great. They just, like, shut it down half the time, which I don't understand. It's like they're playing great. Like, they should have smoked the, the Saints last week, yeah. and then they did it. But they're not beating the Ravens or the Bengals or the Bucks. Or the Chargers, I don't think, for that yeah, matter. Like, the so they're, they're yeah. worse. They're they're a team that I think has a chance to – they're going to make the playoffs, if, is barring a disastrous injury. But yeah. they're not a team of great consequence. It breaks my heart. My man, Dan Campbell, just blew it with the Lions. Ugh. He just blew it because his offense is good enough. Good enough. Clearly. <laughs> he can't He can't. Defend. It's a historically it's just, bad defense. I want the Lions to be on more primetime games. Like th yeah, They would be a fun team to be on. Once prime. they get Jamison Williams back, like they're a circus act, man. It's going to be yeah. unreal. Yeah. Better or worse? Yeah. The Cowboys, are they better or worse than number 11 in the league? Sakura. All right. I just have to look this up real quick. Who have they beaten in this Cooper Rush period? Beat the Giants yeah. okay. two weeks ago. Not impressed. Uh, I was looking at this earlier, and I know they were th they're three and one. All right, so they have beaten. They I haven't beaten Murderers yeah. Row. 
They beat the Bengals 2017, which was a surprise. Yeah. They beat the Giants, and then they beat the, the Commies, who are dreadful. They get the Rams this week. Look, I feel like the Rams should beat them, but will they? I don't know. And then they get the Eagles. If they can, if they go two and zero here, I'll be blown away. My guess is they're going to end up going zero and two, and so they are not better. I mean, Cooper Rush, he's been very efficient. I mean, if Dak comes back two weeks from now, do you? St- I mean, they're playing the Eagles. That's the second game, right? The Eagles. The second. Yeah, I don't. That's okay. Yeah, I don't think. More. I don't think with Dak, they're still. Gonna if they the lose to the Rams, like, is that really even a discussion? If they beat the Rams, do they even think of not bringing Dak back? Uh, no, way. No, no way. way. no chance. No. Yeah. Jerry monkeyed around with that earlier, in, no. like last month. He was talking about that a little bit. Yeah. No way. Yeah. They're not better than the 49ers. No. Mm-hmm. Or the Chargers. Yeah. What are we doing? What is this ESPN? Like? I said. I still said. It's I think it's awful. just right for the Cowboys right now. But uh, it's awful. We're gonna know these next two games. Yeah. Them. All right. Next. Better or worse? All right. Who's better or worse right now? I'm going off script. Yeah. Bengals or Chargers? Bengals or Chargers, who's better right now as constructed AP? Uh, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say the Bengals, and I don't. I I just think that they have they're not as injury injury banged up right now. Um, and I like I just like their receiving core and what they they have with Joe Burrow. I think they're gonna you know keep connecting and building soon. So I would say the Bengals right now. Sorry, I think it's pretty even. Honestly, that's, that's what I'm saying. I kind of. I, I think it's a pretty even one. Like if I had to, I think I'd probably take the Bengals just because it feels like the Chargers don't win those kind of big games. Um, but you know, no Bosa, no Slater. The fact is, the Bengals still can't protect Burrow. He doesn't look quite as good as he has in the past. No, he's not as sharp. And they cannot run the ball. Neither can the Chargers. I think the Chargers have more playmakers on their defense right now than the Bengals. The Bengals are really solid defensively. Derwin but you're right. James, it's not a game JC Jackson, yeah, it's not Asante game Samuel. Yeah. I mean, like, I would take the Chargers' solid. defense over the Bengals' defense for sure. But. Yeah, and I think they match up kind of well with them. Yeah. I think the Bengals' defense right now is better than the Chargers' you, defense. I just think that the Chargers have more talent. They have more talent, yes. So, the, I mean, wouldn't that mean the Chargers are going to eventually? I mean, well, you hope, but I mean, the, the operation right? isn't working yeah, right now. Not having Bosa's big. Yeah. It's a big loss. Yeah. You had Bosa and Mac. Yeah, the Bengals are playing pretty good. Remember, they didn't have JC Jackson was injured earlier, so he's just getting back into it. Yeah. yeah. All right. Here's uh. Let's go. Be- let's go down all the way to the twenty. 20- oh, next. Better or worse? Vegas Raiders twenty-two on this list. They were thirty on this list last week at Owen. Which is absurd. Which is a joke. It's a stupid. It's a ridiculous ranking. So here's here, here's th- oh let's do three of these at once. Vegas Raiders twenty-two. You guys rank them better mm-hmm. to worse. Vegas Raiders twenty-two. Lions are twenty-five. Colts are twenty-six. One, two, three, those for me. Uh, Vegas, Colts, Vegas, Lions. Vegas, Colts, Lions. That. That order? I would go Vegas, Lions, Colts still. Um, Without sorry. Jonathan know, Taylor, sure. I know the Lions defense they has been atrocious. Anybody. But the Colts have still, I mean, what have they shown this year that makes they you beat the Chiefs. Uh, okay, that's right. I apologize. That's it, but, though. But that's it. But that's it. That's the end of the list. But I think the Lions eventually are going to have a game, maybe not necessarily being the Chiefs, but they're going to have a game like that where it's like this is a game that really they shouldn't win, and they, they manage to pull it together. I, I, I'd certainly much rather watch the Lions yeah. than the Colts. Like, sure, I'm saying. They need more primetime games. I know it's, it's not. It's they're just, a fun team. So the, uh, wait, I often will say, oh, next. Better or worse? All right. Bears come in at 28 on this. Steelers 29. Commies are 30. Panthers are 31. Houston is 32. Better to worst, hmm. those five. Bears, Steelers, 
Commies, Panthers, Texans. Steelers are still the best. Yep. Then I would go with. It's bad. I think the commies. Yeah. Commies. You put and over bears. over the Bears. I think I'd, I'd put the Bears as the, uh, on they the can't second throw there. The ball. But didn't the Texans uh, beat the Bears? Or the Bears the beat Bears the Texans? The Bears are 2-2. Two two. They beat the Texans. They beat the Texans and the 49ers yeah. in the slop. They win ugly when they win, but... Yeah, they don't the beat the Niners. They, they don't beat I mean, the Niners under any up. other circumstance no. in week one. I think it's... I think you have it right on the... The, <laughs> the question is commies or Bears, and then it's Panthers. The bottom Panthers is are the clearly worst. Panthers I think the Panthers Texans. are the worst. Panthers are the worst team in the league. Yeah. It's gross. I agree. That That's that's the way I'd put it, too. I don't have I don't have a whole lot to add there. Baker was... I don't know. It's brutal. I don't know hey, how much you guys have talked about. What, yeah. what do you have? Not much. Not, not much. on the team. What do you have uh, for us to look forward to this week? Well, we got to see how the defense kind of gets it act together uh, on Sunday. Um, Hopefully they're healthy. Yeah. Are, are you talking content-wise or what I'm looking for yeah. for the game? Tell the people where they can get all the stuff you're doing. Oh, man. yeah. Tell them. Tell them give me, you got some stuff to look forward to. Absolutely. ClevelandBrowns.com. We have uh, a couple big players coming back today, as I'm sure you guys have already discussed, with mm -hmm. Greedy and Miles. So um, we'll just kind of continue to follow how they're doing throughout the week. Um, obviously, two guys, it would be a really big boost to the defense. Hopefully we can get Jadavian back at some point, too. Um, that would be helpful. Yeah, but um, that's really the the biggest thing I'm focusing on right now is just you know when when are they going to be able to come back and and hopefully provide a big jolt to a defense that really needs one right now. Needs it. AP, good job out of you. Yes, right. tremendous. So we'll talk to you next week. For so sure. much more to come. You listen to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Catch the Browns preview show tonight at 7 University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. Corey Bjorquez joins the voice of the Browns, Jim Donovan and Ken Carmen and Gerard on the show tonight. You have that to look forward to, which is very, very nice. I got to head down to the team shop after this. I got, a, I got a birthday coming up. Not on. What are you going to get? Well, I don't, I don't think they're possibly that she pulled them early from school. They're listening. I wouldn't think. No. Yeah. Beamsy. You Beamsy could do it on the, Friday. You could do it in Pig Latin. I don't remember how to do that. You just put like you take the first letter took away. The vowel so like the, if you're gonna get a and then put a wet shirt say. I don't understand. And yes, that'd be was, a that a, was that wedding crashers when he tried to <laughs> yeah, I don't understand what you're saying. And yes. Was it wedding crashers? I don't think it was wedding crashers, but it's something Pig Latin, yeah. That's what it is. I'm trying to remember Oh no no no, it's uh made. It's made. Made. Yeah. Okay. When he's with Favreau and they're, uh, he's trying to talk. I don't just let Favreau yeah. get it. He doesn't, I don't know what you, I don't know what that means. I love it. So good. All right. Enjoy your first Friday kids. Gorgeous day out there. If you get outside, get out there and live a little bit. We'll be back tomorrow. The next level is coming up next. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Cleveland Browns daily, 850 ESPN Cleveland. You've been listening to Cleveland Browns daily, a production of the Cleveland Browns and ESPN 850 WKNR.